0: In today's episode, I want to talk about the three common mistakes that I so often see new rent-to-rent operators making. These mistakes can be fatal, but they're so easy to avoid if you just know how. So, if you're starting a rent-to-rent business, or perhaps you've already got a rent-to-rent business that you want to improve, make sure you stick around. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of the HMO Podcast. Hey guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the roadmap, you'll find a full 60 lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. We've We've also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from. And we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmo hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. Okay, welcome back. So today I want to talk to you about the three common mistakes that I see so many new renter and operators making. Now, these mistakes can be fatal. So it's important that we know what they are so that we can avoid them. And that's exactly what we're going to do and discuss in today's episode. Now, you guys know that I've got a real soft spot for rent to rent. I started building my own rent to rent business back in 2016, built it across Leicester, across Sheffield, across Manchester, across all the cities as well, scaled it all the way up. And then a couple of months ago, I exited that business quite successfully. So I think it's fair to say that I've learned quite a lot over the years, and I'm going to impart some of that wisdom with you today. Now, truth be told, the mistakes that I'm about to share with you today that I see so many new operators making aren't exclusive to -to rent-to-rent. In fact, a lot of people make these mistakes when they're buying HMOs for themselves, but rent-to-rent is quite different. Because of the model, the numbers are quite sensitive and the margins are much, much thinner. So if you make these mistakes in a rent-to-rent business, it can be difficult sometimes impossible to recover from them. And that's what I've seen time and time again. So today, I want to make sure that you know exactly what they are so you can do everything that you need to avoid them, hopefully go on and build a really successful and very robust rent-to-rent business. Right, let's get stuck into this. The first mistake that I see so many new operators making when it comes to -to rent-to-rent is that they mistake this business, this model, this concept for an investment model. And the truth is, it just isn't. Rent-to-rent is fundamentally a management model, and we all need to understand that. As soon as we do understand it, we can approach it, we can actually look at it for what it is, and we can actually deal with all of that and everything that involves properly. But I do see a lot of people looking at rent-to-rent as if it's an investment model, thinking more so about ROIs, thinking about dropping a certain amount of money into a business or a property and getting three, four, five times the return they could on something that they perhaps own. And don't get me wrong, there is definitely an element of being able to do that when it comes to rent to rent but... That is just a fraction of it. The overwhelming sort of overarching responsibility here is that this is a management model. And to make it work, you have to be prepared and actually be very good at managing properties, managing specifically HMOs. When it comes to buying your own properties, we can think about outsourcing management. If we don't want to manage our HMO, or if we don't want to do that long-term, then there is definitely a play that we can make to outsource that management. But when it comes to rent-to-rent, you pretty much just can't do that. And that's because of the numbers, because of the margins. Now, I don't want to get too much into the detail. And I certainly don't want to get bogged down by numbers today when it comes to rent trends. But I think a really good aim on any rent rent deal would be to make £200 net per calendar month per room. So let's say you've got a five-bed, I think £1,000 net, As a bottom line margin, your net profit before your business expenses, things like insurances and subscription costs, I think that would be a really, really good margin on most deals. If you're in London, you might be thinking that you want a little bit more because of the sensitivities around the high rents. But generally speaking, that's a pretty good target to aim for. But if you wanted to then pass the management on or pass it to somebody else that's going to wipe out a big chunk of that profit. So much so that if anything happened, you had a big maintenance cost or a void, you're almost definitely going to be in a loss-making position on that property. And that's a really scary place to be when it comes to -to rent-to-rent. But it's not just about the numbers. You see, if you're approaching a landlord and you're selling this deal based on your management service and what you're going to do, you're going to guarantee the rent and you're going to fix and repair everything and you're going to deal with the license and you're going to make sure there are no voids, et cetera, et cetera, then that landlord is understandably expecting you to do this and to be in control and responsible for their property. If you then go and try and pass this on, it starts to get awfully confusing. Are you really doing what you promised this landlord that you were doing? It then gets very confusing with tenants. You know, who are they actually signing a tenancy agreement with? Are you the landlord or are you the property manager or is the property owner the landlord? And you can see how very quickly this can get complicated. And if you've got any doubts at all, I could actually share with you, and I won't say, but several examples of people who've tried this, they've really struggled with the margins, but then they've really struggled with issues around the tenancy agreement because when tenants have been unhappy and things like deposits are involved maybe even complaints because the management hasn't been up to par, it starts to get awfully confusing about who is actually responsible. Is it the property owner? Is it the property manager? Is it you? Because you've got an agreement with a landlord and you can just see how this kind of whole muddle of paperwork can start to be a real, real problem. This is exactly the sort of thing that you want to avoid. It's exactly the sort of thing that you should be telling your landlords is part of your USP. You will keep this super simple. You'll take the property, you'll do X, Y and Z and they won't have to think about anything. And for me, that is the beautiful thing about rent to rent and that's the USP as soon as you start to muddy it with these other things the usp starts to dissipate it doesn't look anywhere near as attractive for a landlord and it just starts to get awfully confusing and very very complicated now i've got one more thing to add on this first mistake that i see so many new operators making we've mentioned the numbers and the sensitivities and trying to pass management on we've mentioned the complications of sort of putting somebody else into the mix of your agreement. But there's also the fact that you are competing with other property managers. And if you don't realise you're a property manager, then it becomes very difficult to compete with other property managers. Now, they might offer a slightly different service, but they do offer a competing service. If it's standard management, if it's tenant find, you know, whatever it is, that is a competing service. And you need to make sure that you're framing your model, your service with that in mind. It's really important because a landlord is shopping the high street and he's looking at, she's looking at alternatives. And you've got to be really aware of this. And if you aren't aware, you are going to, in all likelihood, fail. You're going to struggle to bring the deals on. You're going to struggle to bring landlords on. So you have to be aware that you are competing with other property managers. Then you also have to understand what is involved as a property manager. This isn't just about bringing deals on and signing agreements with landlords. That is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, the real grunt of this Business is actually in the back end. It's the service that you provide to your landlords, looking after that property, looking after the tents in there, actually keeping it filled, keeping it in a good condition, upholding your license obligations and all of your health and safety bits. That is a real commitment. That commitment requires a certain amount of time, it requires a certain amount of knowledge and experience, various things that you have to upkeep, and so on and so forth. And again, I see people making the mistake of thinking that this is just an investment model, just buy my property get some tenants in and kind of forget about it. But that absolutely is not what rent rent is about. I think this is also why the people who've done this really well, I sold a business, Joe and Olivia are on the podcast last week. They've done incredibly well. People who do well in this model really understand that it's a management model and they embrace that and they look for ways to get better at management. They look for ways to provide a better management service to their landlords and to their tenants and lo and behold, they find it easier to bring deals on, they bring more profitable deals on, and they find it easier to build a successful renter and business. Okay, moving on to the second common mistake that I see almost every single new renter and operator making. They underestimate the commitment that is required to bring deals on. The truth is, sending one or two or Three letters simply isn't going to cut it. You might be super lucky you know, on your first or second mail shot, and you might strike gold and find a landlord and bring your deal on. But the reality is for most of us, that just isn't going to happen. It's going to take a lot of time and effort and consistency. And we really are going to have to invest some seed capital, actually creating some content and sending it regularly. If we're thinking about building a rent to rent business, we should just sort of buckle down and accept that we are going to continuously market ourselves to landlords. It's actually a really simple thing to do, because we've got the really good fortune of being able to get hold of a HMO register. Existing HMO landlords make for really great targets. There are more out there, and it doesn't have to be existing HMOs, but it's a really good start. You've got a HMO register with several hundred or thousands of names on it. That's a great start. Figure out where they live, do the land register searches, and send them regular information. I've done a lot recently, and I've covered it on the podcast before, about direct vendor content and actually sending high-value newsletters so that you can build authority and trust and credibility. But whatever it is, send it regularly, send it consistently, and just accept that if you want to build this business beyond one or two deals, you are just going to have to do that. And I do see a lot of people coming into the idea of rent to rent, starting their business, sending one or two letters, not getting any bites, and then just knocking on the head or looking at another area completely. And that is exactly, that's precisely when you should double down. You know, if you aren't getting results, think about what you can change. What can you improve? Just send it again and you might get them the third time. The reality is we're not trying to do or tell our landlords about anything completely unique. It is property management, as we've already said today. So the chances of us landing on a landlord's doormat and convincing them that day that they should all of a sudden farm out their property to a property manager is unlikely. More likely is that we're going to land on the doorstep of a landlord who has got a HMO or got a property that they're thinking about doing something with, or thinking about making a change with, and Today probably isn't the day for them to make that decision. But now that they've got our information, they can just tuck it in the top drawer. And if we send another one next month, and perhaps they still haven't made a decision or decided to make a change, we'll just remind them that we exist and say, hey, you know what, look, when the time's right, if you want to make a change or if you want to stop self-managing and think about getting it outsourced, then we're a good option. And so on and so forth. It's about making sure that when that landlord, when that property owner decides to make a change... We are the first in mind. And that takes consistency. It takes far more than just one or two shoddy letters listing the quick bullet points about we'll do the cleaning and we'll guarantee no voids. It's the same stuff. I get sort of half a dozen of them every single month and they're terrible. And then I almost never get anything from the same person. So it just goes to show. So to summarise this mistake People underestimate the commitment that's required to bring deals on. Now, direct-to-vendor is just one of them. You've got to get your ducks in a row. You need to have a website that at least looks the way that it needs to to support any direct-to-vendor content that you're sending out there. You can go and speak to agents, and you might find some agents willing to work with you. This is hard, certainly hard from a cold start, certainly hard if... You're sort of in an area where there's a really high rental demand and agents don't really need you. It is hard to find your way in. But if you can find a way in, prize it open. Working with agents is a great solution. It's a great strategy. Social media, another good one, but it doesn't happen overnight. There's a real commitment to actually building a social media presence, particularly amongst potential tenants, prospective tenants. Other solutions, other methods, Gumtree getting referrals through builders and on other property service providers, things like that. Look, there's lots of different ways of contacting landlords to try and bring deals on, but you have to do it consistently. Most people, unfortunately, underestimate what is required to bring a deal on. Rent-to-rent, while it is a lower capital-required strategy, it isn't easy to bring deals on. And this brings me on to my third piece of advice today. The third common mistake that I see so many new rent rent operators making, and actually, unfortunately, this one isn't restricted to new operators. I've seen people who've been running rent rent business for quite a while making this mistake. But you are dicing with death. One of the things that I always stuck to my guns on was making sure that I negotiated good, healthy, fat margins in every single rent-to-rent deal. I mentioned before, my ideal is £200 net per room per month. So on a five bed, I want to be making net, before my business overheads, £1,000. My business overheads, I mean my subscription costs, my petrol and fuel, not my repair and maintenance, not you know, what it actually costs to run the property. So £200 net per month per room, I think is a good margin. But Too many people make the mistake of not negotiating well enough, not knowing the numbers well enough, and striking deals with very, very, very thin margins. And what happens, of course, is then costs go up, bills go up, or repair and maintenance costs go up, big things come in, or there's a global pandemic and there are issues with voids. And these are the sorts of things that kill rent rent businesses. So it's so important that we make sure that We negotiate really, really well. We actually negotiate what we need out of the deal. I understand what it's like when you're just starting out and you've thrown some money at it and we're really excited to take our first or second or third deal on. We want to build the business, but we come up against a really, really tough landlord. He's got a great property and a great location, but he just wants more than we really want to give him for the property. And we have to make sure that we don't overnegotiate. We've got to build our margin in. That deal has to work for us. The best deals that I have ever struck have been the deals that I originally sort of negotiated with, didn't make work, and then later down the line, it came back to me. I did that on sort of some five beds, I did it on a block of 24, one of the best deals I ever did. That took three years to come back after I initially negotiated, but I left my offer on the table. And that was really important. I didn't venture into a place where those numbers wouldn't have worked to me. It would have been so easy to, and I definitely could have made some money. But you know what, when the pandemic hit, utility crisis hit, that's when it would have been really, really difficult. I waited for that landlord. I stuck to my guns and we negotiated a really good, a very fair deal where I got the margin that I needed to make it attractive and healthy and prosperous over the long term, but they also got what they need and what they actually thought was a fair deal as well. So I guess my advice to you is don't underestimate the margin that you require in your rent-to-rent deals. You've got to think about what happens if What happens if you cost cut? What happens if you do end up with occupancy issues? What happens if you end up with just really difficult tenants and you end up with a really high changeover and they can be really, really expensive? And we can all hopefully shoulder costs for a short time, but we've got to make sure that we're building in margins that allow us to build our business over the long term. Again, one of the mistakes I see people make is they step the rent up too quickly. they step the rent up to the landlord faster than it's realistically going to be possible to step the rent up to the tenants and what happens is there's a depreciating margin making less and less on that rent or a deal over the time, and lo and behold, we get to two or three years in and it's not working and If you've built your business on several or many deals like that, that's a really worrying and really concerning and very, very dangerous place to be. Think about. The other side, what if you negotiated that £200 net per room per month on every single property and you had four, five, six, seven, eight properties all making you a £1,000 a month? That is the sort of business I want to run. That's the sort of business that I want to operate. If anything happens, I can have the cash to be able to deal with it. I've got the confidence across not just one or two properties, but my whole portfolio To know that if something does go wrong, I'm going to be okay. You know, business, good business is all about what you do when things aren't going well. So make sure you negotiate well, negotiate good margins and don't give too much away too soon. By the way, just on that £200 per room per month, look, that's a really good guide. It's a target of mine. You won't get that on every single deal. And sometimes you'll get more than that. If you've got an absolutely fantastic property, top spec, top location, then might not need that that much. But you get the point. It's really important to have good, healthy margins in your deal. So there we go. The three common mistakes that I see so many new rent rent operators make. And hopefully now you can see why they could be so fatal, but also why they're so easy to avoid making in the first place if you just know how. So let's recap. The first big mistake I see people making is that we forget that this is a management model. We approach it like it's an investment model, and that means we look at the whole thing the wrong way around, and actually we end up building the wrong type of business. The second thing is that people underestimate the commitment that is required to bring deals on. It's going to take more, I'm afraid, than just sending one or two letters to bring on your rent-to-rent deals. And certainly if you want to build a good business with lots of properties, you're going to have to be prepared to work very, very hard. And the third thing is, I see a lot of people making the mistake of underestimating the margin that they are going to need in the deal to make it work. Too many people are out there negotiating very, very thin margins in their rent-to-rent deals, and that's a dangerous place to be stack your deals up pessimistically, make sure you know your numbers and negotiate really, really hard. And remember, you have to be prepared to walk away if you want to get a good deal, okay? Rent to rent is often about patience and it's often about pipelining. So there we go, three common mistakes that you now know about that you're not going to make in your rent rent business. That's about it for today's episode. I hope you found that a valuable exercise. Like I said, these are easy mistakes to avoid if you just know how. Now, if you want to take your rent-to-rent knowledge up a notch, head on over to the hmoroadmap.co.uk. We've got loads and loads of stuff in there, but quite specifically, if you're interested in rent-to-rent, we've got a masterclass, which is an introduction to -to rent-to-rent, taking you through about six lessons, introducing you to what really is involved and what you need to do to get a rent-to-rent business off the ground. And of course, if you want to take Things to the next level. Still, we've got a specific rent rent mentorship available at the HMO roadmap. It's with Joe and Olivia. They've built an award winning rent rent business, and they're on hand to hold your hand to provide the account support and guidance that you need to build a rent rent property business. If you want to inquire about that, just drop us an email to info at roadmap.co.uk. Put rent-to-rent mentorship into the subject line and we could send you more info. Okay, that is it. Thank you once again for tuning in today and don't forget that I'll be right back here in the very same place next week. So please join me then for another instalment of the HMO podcast. Mm-hmm.